Hello and welcome to How Have You Not Seen This? Hello, everybody. Hey there. Hello. Hello. Welcome. That's Daniel Carlson, and I'm Tracy Carlson. Hey there. And we are a husband and wife who are mm -hmm. showing each other films that the other one really should have seen by now. Yep. It's a huge failure on that other person's fault. Yeah. Mostly his. Mostly mine. Yes. <laughs> mostly mine. Like, if you look at the list, it's really mostly it's, his. It's insane. I had to scrounge to get movies that she hadn't seen, and she's just <laughs> dumping them on me. I'm a failure. No. 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 Oh, okay. Oh. 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 Sad. Uh, so we have gotten some really great feedback from you guys about the first three podcasts that I've loved. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I would like to read some, but I forgot to print them out. They, they were all super positive. <laughs> Except I will say doesn't help we me. took the technical feedback into consideration and it has been noted. Uh, I am now sitting farther from the microphone and have been given a very gentle talking to about how technology can pick up your voice and I do not need to yell <laughs> as if I need to communicate to another household. You should be this able to hear me. This is not talking into a right tin now. can and attached a to a string. Yes. Now, if he is too quiet, let us know. If, let me know. Uh, that because seems I am, doubtful. I feel like I am where I should be and I think if you need to be closer, then you can be closer. I feel like I'm an ogre croaking in the background. You're not. Thanks, everybody. You're special. I am. Um, so do we have pod keeping for the Do week? we have any pod keeping? I feel like I had pod keeping. Well, that was the pod keeping, the saying, hey, we got your notes about the technical stuff. Yeah. We talked to Daniel. We sat him down. I feel like I had something else and whatever. We'll do it next time. We'll do it next time. We'll keep the pod next time. Yeah, we'll keep the pod. Um, and uh, I am super excited today to talk about the movie that I have not seen. Mm -hmm. It was a new one for you. Yes. Uh, so take it away. Let's do it. This time out, we watched Collateral from 2004, directed by Michael Mann. Michael Mann, I love him. And uh, it was Tracy's first time seeing it. I, I had seen it many times before. I was a big fan. So, uh, Tracy, how have you not seen this? So, um, this was actually not a I didn't want to or I had never heard of it. This was just a complete skip, like a, one of those, oh, I need to see that, and then time passed me by and I forgot. So, this had nothing to do with, like, I don't like Michael Mann, I love Michael Mann, or I don't like, you know, this or that. I, no, it was not that at all. Um, I would like to... Um, apologize in advance for the sounds you hear in the background which is hercules having a fit mm -hmm. and talking to himself and playing with his toys yeah so he talks to himself all day yeah just like a crazy person yeah um anyway that is so that's my excuse is that i just right. you just yeah. never got around to it. yeah so i was excited to see this right we should say that this was not the the movie that you originally wanted to show me. Yeah, we should we should. Um, <laughs> uh, I was like, okay, I got to pick a couple of movies for you this week. Or I'll pick a movie. Let's choose between one or two. 
so I said, do you want to watch Collateral or Three Kings from 1999, directed by David O. Russell? And I had heard good things about Three Kings. Exactly, and she'd heard good things about who doesn't both. love... George you know. Clooney in the desert. The Clooney. There you go. So we sat down to watch that. But you really, you really got to be in the mood to want to watch Three Kings, which is a dark, dramedy, satire, downer movie about the plight of refugees in the wake of the first Iraq war. So it's not so much funny haha as it is funny sad. Um, and you've really got to want to see a movie like that. And so we sat down to watch it and... About 30 minutes in, the energy in the room was such that it was very clear this movie was not going over well. It was literally well. 30 minutes in. Like yeah. We paused it, and it I was, was like... not going over well. And I, and not yeah. a, and the thing is, like, as we show each other these movies, obviously our reactions might not always be super positive. You yeah, know? he hated Better Off I, Dead. I was mixed on Better Off Dead. But there's a difference between maybe, like, not clicking with a movie or not vibing with it, and then just having, like, a visceral upset reaction, which yeah. is what Tracy had to Three Kings. First of all, I was... And this is... <laughs> an interesting mix. I was simultaneously bored and horrified. That's tough to do. Um, I don't want to sit back and watch a bunch of Iraqi women and children being slaughtered. It's just, I'm not going to watch that movie. I don't Mm -hmm. care what our sponsors are paying us. Do we, should we have, we don't have any. And this is a, this is a truth, true story right here uh, for those listening right now. We have no sponsors. Okay. Zero sponsors. I don't care what our sponsors will be paying us someday. You bet. I'm not watching Three Kings. That's the kind of bold stance you can expect here at How Have You Not Seen This. Indeed. So just buckle up. If Indeed. That, if, that, if that's too much for you, you can just turn this off right now because we have opinions <laughs> that are coming right at your ears. So just, just And sit I'm there. sure I'll hear Get from ready. people that say, no, I love Three Kings. That's great. I'm super glad you love Three Kings. I still think it's a good movie. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. It's I mean, a, a that's fine. I, I don't think I... It's not for me. So we turned it off and we turned on collateral and in, like within two minutes, I was like, mm-hmm, yeah, this is exactly what yeah, I needed. Like, Thank you. I didn't even know if it was two minutes. It less than that, credits. you turned to me, you were like, this is the movie you should have shown me all along. And I was like, okay, good to yeah. know. So, yeah. uh, so, yeah. so yeah, so we, so we watched collateral and had a great time. Yeah. Um, let me do like a quick recap of collateral for those who have not seen it in a long time or those who are new to the movie. Just yes. super quick. Uh, Skippers, you can skip if you need to. Yeah, or just just, just listen to the podcast. Just listen. Just listen. I'm just saying. Uh, Jamie Foxx plays a cab driver, and Tom Cruise plays an assassin who hires him to be his driver for the night as he goes around L.A. checking off five people that he has to kill. And that's basically it. Like that that tight little jewel of a, of a sentence right there. there. There's so much in there already. Like that's the Yeah, movie. and I like that you're actually not giving away... Hmm. That's good. That's really good mm-hmm. because now you can still see the movie and like really enjoy mm-hmm. all of it without being like, yes. well, fuck, I know everything that's going to happen. Tom Cruise hired him as Although a cab I am driver. I'm going to talk about a lot of what happened. Yeah, to be his driver <laughs> for the night. Uh, I will say that like he had not planned on Jamie Foxx, uh, uh, whose character's name is Max, yep. uh, at discovering that Tom Cruise, who plays a man named Vincent, was an assassin. It was an accidental discovery. So plan B is... He forces Max to drive him around town all night knowing what's happening. The original plan was the taxi driver was never going to know yeah. what the stops were about. Yeah. So, but that, but he finds out he's an assassin. So Vincent has to go around town all night killing his marks while keeping Max you know, on a short leash and keeping the momentum going and making sure nothing looks suspicious. Yes. Super good movie. Amazing. Did you like it? I absolutely loved it. I loved every, every bit of it. Awesome. Yes. 
What well, awesome! Do you want to do you want to so, know my thanks, thoughts? everybody? This has been this has been another episode of How Have You Not Seen This? <laughs> it went real well. Um, any, anything else? Any no, other we're sponsor done. I think we're done. This has been great. Um, From now I, on, seven minute episodes. That's all you're gonna get. I'm gonna I'm gonna start off. This is what did you like about it? Okay, well, many things. Let, let's let it read. First of all, I love Michael Mann. If you have never seen a Michael Mann film, I suggest you start with Heat. So, good. which we had a quote from in episode two one two? by two, two that's right by al pacino who stars in the godfather mm-hmm. and that is number four that's our that's four our... episodes where i have referenced the godfather welcome back to our podcast how many times can we reference the godfather <laughs> so far four for four <laughs> i'm just saying it all comes back to the godfather yeah it does anyway michael mann amazing um so there were things that i that i so should I just talk about what I loved, or can I talk about, like... Jump all over the place. Okay. It's our podcast. So my first thought was, why do they age Tom Cruise? Why do they age Vincent? Like, they make him gray hair, white hair, and I he thought... He does a gray hair and gray beard. Um, and so my first thought was, maybe they didn't age him. Maybe they were just like, don't dye your hair. Um, <laughs> <laughs> then, then... <laughs> well, I mean, he. we all know he's, like, super Xenu. I don't know. I, whatever. He, what if his hair is naturally black because he's purged himself of the evil thieves? He goes, I don't know who he goes to. I don't know who his doctor is. But no one else in Hollywood has found this doctor because no one else looks like him. He looks insane. Um, and, and like, he, he looks like insane. he's aging, but, like, beautifully. I don't even know. Whatever. I don't want to talk. I he's a good-looking man. I don't so care. So then my next thought was, wait, um, maybe they did this to him because it's hard. They... They thought it was going to be hard for people to accept Tom Cruise as a villain, so they needed to really kind of make him look very different. Like, this is oh, yeah. his character. I thought maybe that might have been a thing. Sure. Or maybe they just wanted him to be some suave motherfucker with gray hair. Um, I did not appreciate the far too brief uh, Jason Statham cameo. If you're going to give me the Statham, give it to me. The Statham. Yeah, give it in, to me. He's in the first scene. He just he briefly he passes off. He's clearly another kind of assassin who passes off the contact information that, to know, Tom Cruise. Husky, there you go, mate. And I'm like, Ugh. what do you have a gun for, Tommy? It's the yeah. Germans. Yeah. I once used defibrillators on myself. I put shards of glass on my fucking eye. I've jumped from a high-rise building using only a raincoat as a parachute and broke both legs upon landing. And I still had to pretend I was in a fucking Cirque du Soleil show. I've swallowed enough microchips and shit them back out again to make a computer. This arm has been ripped off completely and reattached with this fucking arm. Anyway, um, loved Jamie Foxx's character. Um, He's great. Like, intelligent, looking to get away. I, you see immediately where, like, he picks up Jada Pinkett Smith and she's she's like I'm a prosecutor and I'm like okay well I see where this is going I mean you know where it's going but you don't care because you know it's going to be a good right, ride exactly you said right out you said out loud when that happened I see where this is going yeah. and I don't disagree yeah. but what's so great about it is you see where it's going in a great way yeah like you can see the bones of this thing it's so beautifully told yes like it's just so enjoyable I um Gosh, it's funny because I wrote stuff down that I liked, and then later on in the movie, I was like, fuck. Like, the, there was a callback to this line. There's this line um, Vincent says to Max um, 
you're one of those guys who do instead of talk when actually that's not the truth at all. Um, Max, uh, has this dream of having this luxury or what does he call it? A club style, a a club style limo service. And he makes it sound like, Oh, I'm just doing this for a little while to get money for my club, but he's been doing it for 12 years. So no, you're not a guy that does instead of talk. And later on in the movie, they're mad at each other and they're like slinging insults. And I realized, Oh, that's literally the opposite of what Vincent thought of Max at the beginning. Um, when the first, when Max sees the first dead guy, Tom Cruise says with just this flat, just flat face, I just fucking loved it. He goes, it's only a dead guy. And I don't know why it made me laugh, but I just cracked up. Um, love seeing baby Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. 2004 Mark Ruffalo. Baby Mark Ruff. Way pre Marvel universe for him when he was doing much more just like, you know, indies and dramas and doing his own thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We had, um... I can't remember his name, and I should have looked it up. Luke Cage in a cameo, brief cameo. Mm-hmm. Can't remember his name, but love him. Um, so I'm like 30 minutes in. I'm like, I can't believe these guys weren't nominated for anything. And then I looked it up, and I'm like, oh, oh never mind. Because Jamie right. Foxx was nominated for an Oscar. And the movie was nominated for, I think, a few th- I he think was. a few things. Actually, what's so cool about that, Jamie Foxx was nominated for supporting actor for this. Yes. But won the same year for actor for the movie Ray. Oh. 2004. He was one of only, I think at this point, there have been maybe 10 actors total oh, in history wild. who have been nominated in two separate acting categories in the same year, one of whom was Jamie Foxx. So he was nominated for supporting actor for this, but won the same year for actor for Ray. 2004 was a big year for Jamie Foxx. Word. Yeah. Okay. Did, so don't feel bad. Don't I feel also, bad for him. He had a good time. <laughs> I also had this moment where I was like, oh, Jamie Foxx is now with Katie Holmes who is Tom Cruise's ex-wife, which, awkward? They are? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Awkward? Maybe. Possibly awkward now. I bet Christmas cards don't get sent. <laughs> Word. I think she's pregnant? I have no idea. I let's shouldn't make it read out, say here that she's pregnant. Um... I let's let me know because I can't I can't I don't remember we'll look it up uh got to see some Peter Berg who I haven't seen in forever and I don't know if I am the only one who watched Chicago Hope because I'm an old lady but I fucking <laughs> loved Chicago Hope a because of Alan Arkin Adam Arkin Adam Arkin Adam Arkin who is so sexy I can't stand it and then Peter Berg who is also so so sexy that I can't stand it um, but then he was like, eh, acting schmeh, and was like, I'm going to go off and be this kick-ass director. And he did. Um, I thought uh, there's this amazing scene in a jazz club where oh, you think, God, yeah. you think like, oh, uh, Vincent just wants to go hear jazz. And Jamie Foxx isn't into jazz, and, and he's kind of relaxing for a minute. And then they have this great conversation with the owner of the jazz club who talks about um, meeting Miles Davis. And it's this just incredible conversation, and, and Vincent is totally into it. And then you realize, oh, wait, this guy is one of the um, one of the targets. targets. Yeah. And the whole time, Jamie Foxx looks like he's in a fever dream. He's like... I'm sitting here like this is a normal thing, having a conversation with this guy who is acting like he's my friend. And 
I have to just pretend because he's already gotten two guys killed by trying to um, f- trying to get away. And Vincent's like, like the more that you, the yeah. more you try to do this, the more innocent people will die. So just stop it. Just stop. Right. And yeah, ha- I get it. I get him running, but also at the same time, like, dude, you clearly are not going to outrun the professional assassin. Also, yeah, the piston pumping. Yeah, Tom, Tom Cruise, Cruise runs. He runs. Tom, when Tom Cruise runs, ain't nobody getting just away. Just by the way, FYI, this is a podcast. There's no visuals, but my wife just ran, pumped her arms in her chair, and is running. I'm doing the Tom that, Cruise that, run. That flat bl- hand, that blade hand thing Tom Cruise does where he runs. You know the Tom Cruise run. And the face. I mean, like, you don't you don't outrun Tom Cruise. Nope, you don't. It doesn't happen. Nope. So Tom Cruise gives the guy a Miles Davis quiz which he fails and then he shoots, shoots him, him but he looks like he regrets it. Yeah. Well, he looks he's he's a really compelling assassin because he's clearly all business and really good at his job, but also egotistical and vaguely um narcissistic. Narcissistic and intellectual and curious and like outgoing and incredibly confident. So Yeah, you know why? He's a psychopath. Yeah, he's a psychopath. He's a psychopath. So this is what I thought was incredibly interesting about seeing this movie yesterday. We had, I'm, for those of you that don't know, uh, a massive fan of My Favorite Murder. They don't need this. They don't need me saying this. They don't need the extra. Get ready for the three more views you're going to get, y'all. Yeah. (laughs) Buckle up. Like, who hasn't, who doesn't know My Favorite Murder? Booster servers. But uh, they they had uh, one time a show where they like they have people write in and they'll be like, hey, I just think you should know that when you're using these words, you need to know what they mean. Sociopath, psychopath, that kind of thing. And it's it is very important to know the difference. There are functioning sociopaths. I know a couple Um, and uh, a psychopath. So so I, I copied this down because I want to make sure that people understand uh, when sociopathy can only be diagnosed, while sociopathy, oh, this is the other thing. Sociopathy can only be diagnosed at the age of 18 or above. Um, the DSM-5 does not allow you to do it when children, when kids are kids. Mm-hmm. So, like, if your kid is cutting up every animal you have, you can't, they won't be like, oh, your kid's a sociopath. They're just like, well. Hang in there. Okay, wait till you're 18 and then jail? I don't know. Yeah. Which I think is fucked up. It's not gonna- um, the following must be present before the age of 15 for the diagnosis. Repeated violations of the law, pervasive lying and deception, reckless physical uh, aggressiveness, reckless disregard for the safety of self or others, consistent ir- irresponsibility in work and family environments, and lack of remorse. Now, psychopath versus sociopath. This is what tells me that Vincent is a psychopath. Full on, full blown, nothing else. Psychopathy can be thought of as a more severe form of sociopathy with more symptoms. I don't know if that's, I don't know. I don't know if my, my professors in college would, would like totally agree with that statement, but um, according to the society for the study of psychopathy, uh, psychopath traits include lack of guilt and remorse, Vincent, Check. lack of empathy, Check. lack of deep emotional attachments, mm-hmm. narcissism, mm-hmm. superficial charm, yeah. dishonesty, yeah. manipulativeness, oh, yeah. reckless risk-taking. Yeah. More, oh, yeah, he like shoots up a club just to, just to kill a mark. Yeah, moreover, approximately 93% of psychopaths, not sociopaths, psychopaths, are in the criminal justice system. Oh. So 
Like He's totally a psychopath. He's 100% a psychopath. Good call. Very interesting. And very interesting that you and I had this long discussion where I was looking stuff up and mm-hmm. we were we were talking about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... Before we even saw the movie. And then there we go. There's the perfect Because that's just the kind of shit we talk about on a regular, normal <laughs> basis. we're just... It was just a Saturday and we're just people. driving around town. Hey, lunch was great. What's the difference between a sociopath and a psychopath? <laughs> Get on your phone. I'm in traffic. I can't look it up. I was talking about uh, someone, a girl I once knew who cheerfully told me, oh my gosh, I was looking in this uh, magazine and they had a list of traits and um, if you checked off more than, I don't remember how many, you are uh, you could be a sociopath. And I checked all of them. Isn't that wild? And I was like, um, yeah, yeah. Define wild. She wild doesn't live frightening. in Houston anymore, which is the good thing. That's probably for the... Yep. Um, love seeing Javier Bardem. He's always yes, awesome. Fine. Let's um, bring fine back. Enough with hot. Enough with he's fine. Enough with whatever the kids are saying. What do the kids say? He's so fine. Extra? No. No, that means that's bad. That's extras like extra. You're being extra. Like you're so extra. Yeah. Okay. No. Like man, he's just so extra. You need to stop that. <laughs> Okay, we've lost we've lost anyone below 25. Did we have anyone below 25? We had that one person. Come back. Um, Come back, Skylar. I loved the moment when uh, Max had to like literally become Vincent. Oh, that was great. He was like, blah, 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 blah. and then all of a sudden he's like, tell that motherfucker to take that gun out. I was like, what the what? Yeah, like, he does a great Became job. Vincent. It was rad. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, and this was very Michael Mann, and I loved it. There was this whole music montage of the FBI getting ready, the cops getting ready, and the bad guys getting ready, the drug dealers getting ready to go all go and kill all the same poor place. Max, who they think is Vincent. Yeah. And there's this just like, like this rock music. And um, I want to say it was like Chris Cornell or something, but it was like a very, mm-hmm. you know. It had that kind of like, it had that mid-aughts vibe. Yeah. You know. Um, and then it cuts real fast to dead silence and an overhead shot of the cab driving. Total silence. And the two of them in the cab, and they start talking to each other. It's brilliant. And I was like, oh, that was beautiful. It's so well done. Beautiful. Um, go to the club. Um, music's playing and i'm like i love this song wait i love this song i know this song what is this song and i'm sitting there and it's going dun, that's dun, paul dun, dun. right no excuse me you did not know what it was i knew what it was it's ready steady go I by Googled. paul oakenfeld mm-hmm. and what i loved is it was like a korean version of it it was and that was rad um Ready, Steady, Go from the first Jason Bourne film during the car chase in the tiny yellow car. Oh my God! From that is two years such earlier. A good car chase. I know. That's one of the best car chases ever. I know, and you can watch it on YouTube. Oh yeah. Um, oh my God, it's so good. So watch I lo- it. On, I love when he's looking it on at YouTube. the map. Maybe we'll link to it. He's on looking YouTube. at the map, and he's like, you realize he's planning an escape route, and he's like, you get this car checked out often, the tires felt a little splashy, and you're like, he's building a map in his mind like a robot yes. to drive through town. Born Identity, yes. so good. Yes. Um, then I just write definitely psychopath. Then I write, (laughs) yeah. Um, then this is like, then again, my mind was blown because they're in the cab and they're yelling at each other and, and they're kind of calling each other out on their bullshit. And cause they both have bullshit. 
clearly Vincent is um, much more. This is a more dangerous kind of bullshit. <laughs> yeah. But, Jamie uh, Foxx just needs to like get his action plan together. Jamie Foxx uh, totally correctly, 100%, defines Vincent as a psychopath, but incorrectly calls him a sociopath. And I was like, I just looked this up. You're right, but you're wrong. This is the problem with society. Like, <laughs> she yells at the TV a lot. I, we had just movies. had this. We had just had this problem. Like, I I was just like, no, no, no. That's not. He's not a sociopath. He's a psychopath. Psychopath. Oh, come on, Michael Mann. Do some research. Um, although it wasn't written by Michael Mann. It was written by Stuart Beatty. Stuart Beatty. That bastard. I don't know anything about him. You'll tell me. Um, I liked I liked how it ended. I was really glad. This is gonna sound super cheesy. There was this moment where I thought, please, please, God, don't let them catch a cab at the end because I would have thrown my computer through the te- tel- 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 television screen. What do you mean? I thought it would have been really cheesy if at the end mm-hmm. he hailed a cab. Oh, yeah. That so I'm been. really glad that they didn't. That would have been. I know that's weird to say what I'm glad didn't happen, no. but that was one of those perfect movies for me, mm-hmm. and I'm super glad they didn't do that. Yeah, it just that they didn't ruin kind it. of getting away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had a question. Okay. And you, you'll probably address this, mm-hmm. but were there changes in the film type during the movie? Yes, the way it was shot. I mean, like, did they change actual film or the way it was shot? Yeah, like. Yes, yes. Okay, good. So I'm not insane. Because I was like, what the mm-hmm. fuck is happening? Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's what I thought of the movie. It's a great movie. Clearly, I, am so I loved, happy it. You loved it. I am loved so happy. Loved the music, loved the actors. I loved, like, everyone in the world is in this movie. Um, Bruce I'm not McGill. Even, Bruce McGill is in this movie. Say no more. So DA from Animal House. That's right. <laughs> yes. Um, I highly recommend this because I think that we all. I know people that are like, I refuse to see anything with Tom Cruise because of um him being crazy. Him being crazy. I just whatever, man. I'm whatever. I, I agree, and I I feel the same way because I think Scientology is a crock, a sham an abusive shell game. Uh, It's awful. It manipulates poor people into giving up all their money. It's a toxic, disgusting, vile organization. I think they're being, I think he's being held hostage. And yet, I love the Mission Impossible movies. Yeah. So much. (laughs) I bought the box set and was so jazzed. And that amazing one with Cutie Patoot, who's married to What's-His-Butt, that I love so much. I'm going to need so many more clues. You know me. Um, Uh, Emily Blunt. Is, uh, Married to no, uh, the the great movie that he's in with Emily Blunt. Oh yeah, okay. The Tom Cruise is in with Emily yes. Blunt. You can't think of the name. No. You know where she keeps going back in time, going back in time, going back in time, and he has to convince her to go with him, and it's the alien, and they have to cut the blood. Are you serious? I'm so serious. I am brain blanking right now so hard. Wow, I'm embarrassed. All right. Maybe um, we'll cut it I in. I guess if, I'll look it up. We'll, we'll look it up and we'll cut it in. How maybe. do we cut it in? We can just do a little cut in. Okay, we'll you talk. Out. Okay. Um, I am so glad you loved this movie. I like, did. it made me feel so happy. There's always that moment when you're showing somebody a movie that you know and love and they have not seen yet before, and you're wondering, how's this going to go? Uh, and it went so well, like, it ended, and she was like, I loved that. And I was like, that makes me feel so good. So, um,. I love so many things about this movie. Uh, in no Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow. Yes. You like you absolutely I love that, loved movie. that movie. We watched yes. it like three times. That's right. It's a great movie. That's yeah. a great movie. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. And he's so crazy. He's so. 
So God bless, bless his, his crazy, crazy heart, soul. Yeah. So anyway, um, amazing movie Collateral is because it does, I think, a lot of really cool stuff in that it has genuine twists and surprises. Yes. Like Mark Ruffalo plays an undercover cop who is, as the movie progresses, the only one who has a real idea or a real theory about what's happening. Everybody else thinks that Jamie Foxx, the cab driver Max, is the real killer. But Mark Ruffalo suspects there's an actual assassin in the mix, somebody else. And then Mark Ruffalo gets he himself... He even brings it up about he even brings the cab driver yeah. in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, This is not the first time Vincent has done this. Exactly. So he's connecting the dots with like this serial pattern of Vincent doing this with the cabbies. So, you know, being a detective. Yeah. So, But then he gets shot. He gets shot and killed with like 30 minutes left in the movie. Solid. Um, and that's a, sh- a huge shock because you think, okay, he's going to wind up confronting the bad guy or help bringing the truth to light or help clearing Vincent's name. Uh, sorry, clearing Max's name. Something like that. But no. Boom. Hard twist to the left. You know? Yeah. Or when Max and Vincent are driving in the cab and Max is speeding up and speeding up, you think, okay, Vincent's going to get him to slow down or they're going to hit something and everything's going to be okay. But Max just ditches the cab. Like, he flips it and then, like, causes a wreck and then Vincent runs off and, like, the action changes the dynamics of, yes. of the pursuit. Like, it's so so impressive for the way it's willing to do stuff that you genuinely don't expect that's going to happen. Yes. Um, in terms of the way it was, was produced, a lot of it was shot on digital video instead oh. of traditional film. So that's why there's a lot of grain and noise yeah. in the image. It's shot on digital video. Okay. Because he wanted it to look specific like that. It's an L.A. movie, but you'll notice there's no stereotypical L.A. shots. There's no Hollywood sign. There were palm trees. There's no... There's, that's... But yeah. But it kind of could have been Miami a Exactly. Bit. There's no beaches. There's no... Hollywood Hills, there's no canyons, there's right. no Sepulveda, there's no Mulholland Drive. Like, um, Michael Mann was very specific about the way he wanted this to look. Um, uh, he was talking to New York Times Magazine around the time this came out, and he said, quote, making movies is a license to project yourself into all kinds of different cultures, lifestyles, value systems. I did Collateral because I was intent about seeing into the dark, and I wanted it to be set in L.A. Uh, he also talked about the reason he wanted it to be shot the way it was. He said, quote, one of the first images I had in my head was guys stalking each other as near silhouettes against the city at night. That could not have been shot on film. The aesthetic does not exist in the photochemical realm. It only exists in high-def video. And he told Vanity Fair, when we did Collateral, it was the first photoreal film shot digitally. You cannot capture night photochemically. Very shallow depth of field. Very pretty. Diffused. Defocused lights. Exposure-wise, you can't get that crazy magenta sky you have in L.A., where the sodium vapor lights are bouncing off the marine layer that's about 1,200 feet that time of year. It's lonely. It looks like the whole movie takes place in northern Europe someplace. And it does. It's It has this really weird, atmospheric, gray, orange-gray vibe. It looks like any other city at night. It doesn't look like your typical Hollywood movie. doesn't look like it's Except set... for the coyotes. Exactly, which were spontaneous. Uh, they saw this, the coyotes crossing the road, and they because they were shooting with uh, DV in low light, they could <sighs> capture them spontaneously. Yeah. I loved that. Mm-hmm. I thought that was like a, no, I thought that was a planned moment because, so that, you know, that is one of those examples of spontaneity making something perfect. Can I cut in real quick? Go for it. Um, my brother used to work, he's in advertising and um, he works for Whedon Kennedy, Wyden mm-hmm. Kennedy. One of them. I can't ever pronounce it right. Me either. Apologies, Price. Um, I'll catch hell for that later, but um there was a period of time where he was shooting a nike commercial an air jordan nike commercial in korea where they were doing this commercial to encourage um 
kids to play because in Korea they're not super big on kids playing. They're all about work, study, that kind of thing. This is obviously South Korea. Um, and there's this shot. My favorite shot in the commercial is these two very, very old ladies sitting in a doorway um, on these little steps, kicking a soccer ball between each other. And when I told Price how much I loved that scene, he said, yeah, that was totally unplanned. The ball rolled over to them and they started kicking it and we filmed it. And I was like, son of a bitch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's just one of those like... It's amazing what you can capture. Yeah. Well, see, the advantage of shooting on, on, on digital the way they did too was you don't have to reload film stock so you can shoot for much longer at a time. You can shoot yeah. longer takes. You don't have to worry. They're shooting on a lot of handheld stuff that's too. Why I shoot digital. Like a lot of the the camera shots are like from up close within the cab or from the hood of the cab or from a car following the cab. Um, it has a very very authentic documentary feel to it. Yes. Because of the way they shoot it, it feels. I mean, like when you drive around any big city at night, it's going to have that those orange arc sodium lights bouncing off the clouds. It's going to have the street lights. It's going to have the pollution. It's going to have the noise, the grime. It feels like a real city. It doesn't feel like the movie version of L.A. And I think that's what makes it so compelling and realistic. Yes, it also feels as lonely as Vincent describes it. Oh, totally. At the beginning, uh, he talks like about how much he hates kind of L.A. City. and mm-hmm. how um, a guy could die on the MTA and still be dead mm-hmm. six stops later and no one's noticed and right. nobody cares. Of course, I feel the same way about New York. Sorry, New York. Right. I'm just not... And I gotta admit though, like it's been it's been a while since I've lived in in Los Angeles. Maybe culture has changed since then. Although this came out in two thousand four, back when I was was living there, uh, public transportation is not a huge thing there. And I didn't know a ton of people who took the metro there. Like I couldn't have found a metro stop with a gun to my head. So I thought it was cool. You did the, not meet Vincent. I did not meet Vincent. The final, of course, the final chase scene on the metro was fantastically. Uh, suspenseful and very well done but I I have no idea where that actually is or was or exists in LA if you live in California or LA and take the metro tell me do people do that out there it feels it still feels like very much a car culture but yeah we want to hear I could be wrong also um maybe let's stop with women running in heels doesn't happen yeah and Jamie Foxx was like keep up and I'm like oh man she's in heels and scared you're gonna need to cut her some slack or just kick your shoes off kick your motherfucking shoes off. You're, you got a man with a gun chasing you. You can get more shoes. You probably got more shoes at home. Granted, they had a chunky heel, but still. True. I'm sorry. I just get like, I'm like, no, Let's, I, hear you. I, I get suspension of disbelief. But when they have these women that are like, I'm in my little teeny mm-hmm. whatever in my stilettos and I'm hauling ass like a, an Olympian, just give me a break. Yep. You know, it's a shame. I wish this movie had been more financially successful when it came out because I think a lot of people know about it. It was, of course, you know, nominated for some awards it's a very well respected michael mann movie but it was not a huge financial hit it the budget was 65 million dollars the domestic box office was only 100 million dollars but what time of year did it come out uh it came out in august of 2004 there you go yeah kind of a weird late summer dead area that's exactly yeah. why it should have come out in it was more like a spring movie no, like then the, like, it well then it wouldn't have been nominated for anything. No, yeah, it's it true. should have come out in October. You, you think it's like a later, like a yes, fall movie? Yeah, yes. I can see that too. An October thing. Also, it's I'm a smart thriller. It's not yeah. just like a Liam Neeson punch guys on a plane thriller. Yeah, it could have been that people didn't want to see Tom Cruise as a villain. Yeah, that's true. Tom Cruise is like a Captain America kind of thing. True, in, and this in, was 04, so This was 
in our country and way pre a lot of the Scientology stuff coming out that's come out since then. Yeah. So, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, that could have been a thing that people were like, I don't want to see Tom Cruise yeah. as a villain. I, for one, loved him as a villain. I must have written, I love Tom Cruise in this movie. Yeah. I love his character. I love him. I love his character multiple times to the point where I thought, am I a psychopath? Right. Um, or just drawn to the handsome psychopath. Or just drawn to the handsome psychopath. He, he plays the dead yet steely-eyed guy when he meets yeah. Jamie Foxx's mom. Oh my god. You see the psycho the, the psychopathy like he is this he's super charming, he buys her flowers, he's just da da da. And then later he goes, "You don't do this. I will I will drive by the hospital and execute your mother before I leave town." Yeah. Just compl- just there's no and they're both so believable. He has no affect, he has no emotion about it. He's not doing it like I'm mad at you, so I'm going to go execute your mom. It's very matter of fact. Mm-hmm. If you don't do this, I will do this. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes him a psychopath. Mm-hmm. Like, I get mad. People know me. My my anger is like a match. It lights, it flares, it dies. It's But there's real emotion behind it. I don't just get, I don't just do bad things for no reason. I don't do bad things. Well, I mean, you know what I'm saying. I feel like this <laughs> I don't do bad rails. things for no reason. See, I do bad things for very this, good reasons. Cut this. I did not. This was not. Keep I didn't this say in. That, I'm right. going to need evidence. Right. Sadie, keep this in. Oh. oh. Yeah. No, it was amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's a great movie. Um, I am of the opinion that it is Michael Mann's most recent great movie. Um, he's only made three movies since then. This came out in 2004. In 2006, it Miami Vice, which is kind of divisive. That was Colin Farrell and he reunited with Jamie Foxx. Yeah. Uh, 2009, he did Public Enemies with Johnny Depp, Gangsters. Yeah. And then 2015's very weird black hat with Thor and Hackers and it's not great. Jesus. It's not great. And Michael Mann, what's going on? And the thing Do is, he was, intervention? he was on like, he's still, he's still one of the most talented filmmakers of his generation, but like he was on a hell of a run. Like his debut movie Thief in 1981 with James Caan is a Jimmy a heist movie is so so good um, oh my god I love Jimmy Kahn The Keep he did Manhunter in 86 Last of the Mohicans in 92 Heat in 95 the phenomenal The Insider in 1999 oh my god The Insider and don't the, get my dad started talking about The Insider and the very good he Ali in 2001 yeah also Jamie Foxx and yeah. then Collateral 04 no, so like what Jamie Foxx played uh, the supporting role Oh, okay. I was like, no, that's Will Smith. Know what Will Smith looks like? Yeah, but Jamie Foxx played. Oh, that's right. Supporting role. Like he he worked a lot with Jamie Foxx throughout the mid aughts. Um, So I was like, he was on a run of awesome movies, and I feel kind of bummed that since then that his movies have been maybe not as well received and and not as not as up to that level. But he's made some amazing movies in his life. I think for the for his run throughout the nineties and aughts alone, it's just his masterpiece. I'm really glad Jamie Foxx got the role as opposed to who they were considering. Oh yeah, you read about that? I read about that. When this movie, when this script was originally written by Stuart Beatty, it was set in New York, and at one point they were considering uh, a different approach to the film in general, and the cabbie was going to be Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler. Yeah. Yeah. And so. Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that is obviously not the direction they went. This went through a lot of different uh, actor-director combinations, as is often the case with movies that are in production and pre-production. At one point, Russell Crowe was attached to play Vincent. 
which would have been a cool idea. Yeah, he, he brings been, Michael Mann on board. He would have been good. Then Russell Crowe leaves. Michael Mann gets Tom Cruise, and at that point, they're like, "Okay, we got Michael Mann and Tom Cruise. We're making this movie." Yeah. So they go forward and make the movie. Uh, Stuart Beatty, the screenwriter, was actually pretty happy with the idea because he was like, he wrote it on purpose, thinking this will be pretty easy to make because it's just a cab and a few locations that you can't really kick it out the door for budget reasons. There's nothing grand or crazy about it. Like it's just you need a cabbie. And a, an actor and some some guys driving around town, and that's your movie. Um, so yeah, once they had Michael Mann and Tom Cruise in place, it became a go picture, and I think it turned out to be fantastic. I think the gray beard and gray hair were to make him look like a wolf. A wolf. A wolf, because he has this very predatory, head down, kind of like killer animal vibe. Um, I think he's supposed to. Are look you like bringing a wolf. this up because we were talking about wolves last night? No. But we were talking about wolves last night. Yes, we were. A friend of ours was really into wolves when she was younger. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. I have actually, I am a sister wolf with a friend of mine's uh, Crescent City Couture, April Betancourt. There you go. That's my plug. Um, Her daughter is super into wolves, and I'm super into wolves, so we are sister wolves. There you go. Word. Winter wolves. I think he was... Chicks are into animals. Chicks are into animals. I think he was supposed to look like a wolf. I... I don't think we're going to know, but I, I think that it was... I don't think so either. Was... That's why I think I'm right. Sure. <laughs> That's your opinion. I don't think we'll know. I really think they wanted him to look as non-Tom Cruise as possible. And he does. He does. And he really does. Do you think it was a good... Do you think the beard and hair worked? Yes. You did? Yes. Okay, good. Very much so. Good, good. I think they made him look very steely and cold, and uh, I think they fit with the the psychopath. I mm-hmm. think I think they it was perfect. I did not look at him and feel that warm fuzzy when I look at Tom Cruise. Oh God, no, no. The dimply. Well, he has. You know, he has. It, this is so weird to say. This is a weird sentence, but he has so many amazing executions in this movie. Like I know that's a weird psychopath thing to say myself, but like. When uh, the guys steal his briefcase in the alley, and he's like, hey, man, you got my briefcase? And the guy pulls a gun on him, and then before anything can happen, Tom Cruise pulls his own gun and just kills the guys straight right out, which you loved. You were like, that's an amazing. That's amazing. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Thank you for calling that yeah, out. But look, it's, it's You loved that. I, well, I did. I'll, I'll be honest. I've they re- were meth heads, and they were going to kill I have rewatched that scene on YouTube more than once because he just whips that gun out. It is so... Double so, tap? Yeah. Double tap. One, something else that's interesting, uh, Michael Mann said that when they were doing like uh, production rehearsal, practicing for this movie, Tom Cruise would like practice his assassin skills, and he would practice like sneaking around and following crew members, and then tap him on the back with like a post-it note, and like, boom, that meant you've been like killed. Jesus. Like, he would practice tracking people. And so he has this very predatory Oof. tracker vibe in this movie. Yeah, no, he does. He's fantastic. He definitely does. And and thinking about it, I am a huge Russell Crowe fan. Um, I absolutely mm-hmm. love him. Great actor. But I think, I don't think that he could have played the charm. No. Different um, vibe. That was needed for this role. There, there definitely needed to be charm, and he didn't have it. No. Um. Oh my God! I, I forgot Cruz one of my favorite scenes. Too. What? One of my favorite scenes. <laughs> and you, you get okay, be, because and oh my God, we've said this word way too many times. This podcast is brought to you by the word psychopath. <laughs> um. 
part of the psychopathy is the manipulativeness and getting it's all about just getting what they want and they don't care it has nothing to do with like who they hurt if they help somebody along the way that's fine they don't really care about that they just care about right. what helps them but there's this fantastic hilarious scene where the um, owner of the cab the boss of the cab company is calling in to Jamie Foxx and he's like I heard your cab's wrecked what the fuck get your cab blah 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 and just like berating him and uh, Tom Cruise gets on the radio and just lays this guy the fuck out and it's hysterical and he, then he keeps holding the mic and he's like now you say this and Jamie Foxx tell him to shove like, this cab up his ass shove this cab up your ass he's like tell him he's an asshole and he's like you're an asshole it's so great and I know that it's I it's, Vincent's almost a life coach. Vincent's he's, he's kind of almost a life. Hey man, you gotta I get your life love, together. You gotta get this 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 limo company off the ground. You gotta ask that girl out. You gotta do your chase. Your I dreams. would kind of love for Vincent to to be a life coach if mm-hmm. we could just keep the guns away from him. Uh yeah, he likes the guns though. Maybe the, the maybe we put him in like a Silence of the Lambs situation. Um. Like, where he can't get out. Oh, okay. And we just use him that way. Oh. Um, and, uh, yeah, maybe we use him as, like, a... I like that. He's behind plexiglass. Hello, Paris sort of thing. Yeah, in, like, a little weird high-waisted hello. jumper. Hello, Max. Hello, Max. Yeah. How's your limo company going? Exactly. Are they driving the limo? <laughs> oh, wait, I've got it. The silence of the limos. <laughs> there they, it is. Do they enjoy the silence? Are the are the limos silent? Are the limos now? screaming? No, Max? it's are the. <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> are the limos silent now, Max? Welcome to our podcast. Can you do an Anthony Hopkins impression? <laughs> the answer is kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Clarice. Um, <laughs> really, now I just want to watch. Uh, Sounds of the Lambs? No, well, yeah. I always want to watch Sounds of the Lambs. <laughs> like, I always want to watch Sounds of the Lambs. But now I also want to watch The Trip and The Trip 2 uh, and oh, yeah. watch them do their, do their impressions and stuff. Impressions oh, of yeah. um, uh, Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Yeah. Because it's so fantastic. It's totally off topic. but There's no such thing as off topic. I Welcome to not, our podcast, Off Topic. I could not love those men more. Uh, Rob so Brydon and Steve Coogan. They're making Sweet another one. Jesus. They're making another one. Because they did Trip and then Trip to Italy. So good. Right? Yeah. And now they're doing Trip to Greece, I think. Is... Wait, didn't they do Trip to Spain? They did Trip to Spain, so this is Trip 4. Yeah. Dad, damn. That's right. They did Spain, so now they're doing Greece. I yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. They're great. So Love good. No one shoots anyone in those movies, though. No. So they're not that or good. Or eats anyone... So there could be better. There could, could be more be better. Yes. I always say, does the movie have a cannibal? If it does not, it automatically loses a half star in my rating book. Word. There has to be a cannibal to get that half star. I'm sorry. That's how it goes. Damn. I know. Tough but fair. That is tough. These are the rules. That is tough. No, I, I love this movie. I love this movie. Everyone it's needs great, to see right? this movie. I'm so glad you loved it. Uh, it also... I'm... I'm a mad true crime fan of all kinds, and for some reason this this sated the beast in me a little bit. I don't know why. Well, I think it's, it's because very it, real. it has that documentary approach, the way it's shot, the way it's yes. acted. It feels 
like it exists in this kind of like someone must die for me to be sated. It's obviously yeah, <laughs> it's obviously a fictional story, and the way it's constructed is it's a really really nice little package of of cause and effect and and great fiction. But it has this feeling of not like a not fiction but elevated reality. Like again, it doesn't look like yes. a stereotypical L.A. movie. There's no Hollywood sign. There's no like you know, crystal clear shots of the hills and the breezes. There's no shots of, like, you know, sunset. It doesn't look like that. It looks like if you actually lived in the city and drove around it at night driving a cab, this is what you would experience. It. Uh, That's a really good point. It's 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 really great. I, I really recommend everybody see it. It's currently, as of the recording of this podcast, streaming on HBO. So if you have HBO Go or now, then you can stream or it. Or then. Or if you have HBO sometime. HBO. HBO whenever. HBO. HBO? Question mark? <laughs> HBO? Yeah. Borrow someone's password. Or just buy it. It's probably not that expensive. It's Borrow like someone's password. Borrow someone's password. And watch it. If Listen, you want to log into HBO. If HBO wants to give me money, then I will not suggest You can use our somebody... password. No. The email is notseenthispod at gmail.com. <laughs> the password is buttstuffbuttstuff. All one word, but The twice. password is go fuck yourself. Buttstuff, buttstuff, you go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> It's long. It's like 37 <laughs> characters. But if you spell it right, you get free HBO. Word. So there you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That's a no, gift I, for you, the listener yeah, that made that it is, this far. That is a gift for you, the listener. I God bless you, the the listener. Hey, Mom. Sorry again about the swearing. No. I'm working on it. No. I'm not sorry about the swearing. I'm actually not. I'm sorry. I have a potty mouth, and mm-hmm. I embrace it. <laughs> yeah. Thoroughly. Mm-hmm. So, you got anything else? No, I just I, I wanted to share about. I'm glad you brought up the way the movie was shot because to me that's its that's its overriding, defining characteristic. The way it's yeah. shot on digital video. It was one of the first movies, not the first shot on digital video, but one of the first because Star Wars: Attack of the Clones was shot on digital video and that came out in 2002. <laughs> I hate I hate sand. Okay. It gets everywhere. Okay. It gets its coarse and irritating. I hate sand. I'm gonna. I have a robot. I'm gonna just hang up. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but it was one of the first major movies shot on digital video, and it really kind of helped push things that direction. Mm-hmm. Michael Mann is really, he's done that in the rest of his movies too. Uh, I think he's really forward thinking technologically, but it it makes it look and feel like nothing else. Like Collateral does not feel like any other no. action thriller. No, no, definitely it's not. It's got its own thing all to itself. Definitely not. I appreciated there was no one turquoise or orange or sweaty or gritty. Exactly. It doesn't look like a cheap movie or like no. a stereotypical movie. It doesn't look like a commercial for a nope. car. Nope. It doesn't have that Michael Bay action sheen at all. No. It's no. It's really realistic. I No, I loved it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I A plus. Good yeah. job. All right. Yeah. That worked out great. I know. Okay. So you want to do Hell Yes? Let's do my Hell Yes. Let's do Hell Yes. Hell Yes, part of the podcast where we talk about something we think is awesome. Could be something in pop culture. It could be something that's happening in our lives. could be advice. Just something we think that is fun for you to know about. Hell Yeah. You go first. I'll go first. I can't think of a Hell Yeah. My Hell Yeah is another podcast called... Yes! Oh, this is the one that's like a dual Hell Yes. Yeah. This was part of my... Okay, this was part of my podkeeping that I was going to do during podkeeping. Oh, that's right. This was podkeeping. Yes, but then you but said you wanted to yeah. do it as a Hell Yeah. I'll do my Hell Yeah. Yes. My Hell Yeah is a podcast called Gayest Episode Ever. Amazing. It is a fantastic show about the gay episodes of classic TV sitcoms, like the one-off episodes 
that kind of introduced a gay character a or a gay storyline. Exactly. Yeah. So it examines how uh, how TV reflected culture throughout the decades. It goes back to the 50s up to the 90s and today, bounces back and forth in time through all sorts of different classic sitcoms. Great show. It's co-hosted by Drew Mackey and Glenn Lakin. They're based in California. It's called Gayest Episode Ever. Look it up. It is a fantastic show, and I encourage you all to listen to it. Yeah, you It's can hilarious. Find... It's well-researched. It's funny. Just a fantastic show. Drew, I know, is on Instagram. They're both on Instagram. Drew is at Drew G. Mackey, and Glenn is at Bros Quartz. And also, Drew's dog, Thurman, is at Thurmaniac. It's a good-looking dog. you definitely want to follow Thurman because yeah. he is the shit. He's a great dog. I wanted to bring up Gayest Episode Ever because I would love to hear um, when we were talking last week about Four Weddings and a Funeral and about how they handled the LGBTQ um, characters differently than than other other films and TV shows of that time. And I thought, God, I would really love to hear the guys talk about this, like what they thought of the, um, I know they don't do movies necessarily, but what they thought of the um, relationship between um, Gareth and Matthew and the, the way that it was handled. I thought that would be really cool. If you guys ever decide to do a movie that I would love to hear your thoughts on that. So we've turned more than one person on to gayest episode ever. And Mm -hmm. I, we definitely recommend that you listen to it because Mm -hmm. it is awesome and funny. It's one of my favorite podcasts. And Glenn is so dry and hilarious. It is. Yes. (laughs) I'll just turn to Daniel and be like, Glenn's pissed off. Yeah. (laughs) It's great. It just makes me happy. It's a fantastic show. They're smart, funny, wonderful guys. Um, And I really recommend it. Gayest episode ever. Wherever you get podcasts. Wherever you get, yeah. And you can see wherever we get, wherever you get podcasts. You can see us wherever you get podcasts. Mm-hmm. Our we have uh, Daniel has brilliantly updated our website, notseeingthispod.com, yep. with all of our episodes, as well as a great contact page that has all the places you can find us mm-hmm. online, where you can find literally us, the two of us, and where you can find our podcast and information about who designed our logo, and um, just yeah. general. Email us, please, because Not we are... Pod at gmail.com. Yes. And follow us on Instagram, uh, NotSeenThisPod. I mean, just we're all NotSeenThisPod. Yeah. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, everything. it's all at NotSeenThisPod. So yeah. look us up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's good. Yeah. Rock on. Yeah, that was a dual hell yeah, because that was a, I... It deserves it. It deserves it, and, uh, and I had wanted to talk about them, and Daniel took it away from me. <laughs> okay. Accidentally. Thurman, I love you. I love you, Thurman. Thurman, you're the greatest. Good dog. And Sadie is not allowed to edit this out. Sadie's Sadie's kind of a turd. I think Thurman and Sadie would be BFFs. I think Sadie would be freaked out because she's scared no, of No, because she likes bigger dogs. She does. And Thurman's bigger than her, I think. Okay. Follow Thurmaniac. Yep. Drew's going to be like, thank you so much that everyone is All following my, my dog. Hey, and... is this the dog? Oh, my God. <laughs> this is the dog. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, My Drew. Weird friend told we me about you. We love you. you. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. Well, yep. uh, let's uh, let's All head right. out and uh, thank you yeah. to you, my darling, for I'm glad you loved Collateral. picking an awesome movie. I, it's so fucking good. I'm it's glad so you loved good. 
definitely go out and see it. All right. It. See collateral, everybody. Bye. All right. Later. See you next week.